Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. The Reverend Dr. Alan E. Waller is the senior pastor of Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, it's, it's, sir, you are a walking black history fact. We need to highlight you for black history month at some point, right? You're so, uh, uh, humble in the way that you work with others and you have the largest congregation right here in Philadelphia and you're impacting people, not just here, but around the country. You didn't know I was going to say this. So, you know, he's sitting there looking at me with his hand on his, <laughs> looking at me with his hand on his chin line. No, she did not. But I needed to say it, right? Sometimes we tend to take for granted the good work that people do and you have been tirelessly doing the good work and staying out of the the, the, the fray of foolishness that happens around us, you know, in the world as we navigate through our lives. And you're a messenger. You've been a messenger for our people. Um, and you are always well e- uh, eager to say, I don't always get it right. You apologize when you don't think you get it right. But you're also vociferous in standing up for what you believe in, which is why I think I like you so much. Right. Because, you know, Pastor Wilder and I, he'll say something. I'll go, mm, I roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like you too. We've been we've been talking now for almost four years. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has kept a whole lot of you alive. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Lord, that's right now that's the truth. That is the truth. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna write a book about you. <laughs> if you only, the Waller. If you only knew. If they only knew. <laughs> No, sir. It is February 6th and we're immersed in Black History Month. What do you see as a people that has changed for the better for us? And where do you see we still need to work on pulling ourselves, you know, into a place where we are seen and heard and seen again? What is change for the better, I believe? I mean, generally speaking, access for us is better. There is a wider spread of education and opportunity in our community. I mean, I'm one of those that if you if we try to say nothing has changed for us, that that offends my father, my grandfather. You know, I am a my grandfather was born in 1872. My great grandfather was a slave. I have four degrees and and pastoring a wonderful church and live um in in and in, in a season where my children are educated their friends are educated opportunities abound for them um so that is progress but there's still a whole lot that we haven't gotten done it hasn't happened for all of us and we now recognize just how deep the the structure against us is. So while a lot of us have been able to negotiate the structure, figure out the structure, get through the structure, all of that, a lot of us have not. And the problem is that as we picked up how to live in this foolishness, we also picked up the rugged individualism that is really antithetical to who we are as a cultural people forever. 
And so the sad thing is <clears throat> black people are not as a cohesive a group as we were even when I was a child. And we that's to our it. detriment. That is to our to detriment. Our yes. That and, is and, to and, our and, detriment. And it works into the hands of those who sees exactly that we're in that rugged individualism, as you say, and are about ourselves and uh, elevating our own families and elevating our own selves. Um, yeah. And they use that to their advantage. And which is why we continue to feel and, 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 and find ourselves in splintered places versus coming together cohesively. Let me tell you why I asked that question of you. MSNBC had a documentary, for lack of a better word, uh, with two black men about black men in America, the road to 2024. And these two black men were traveling to different places. They went to Chicago, to Washington, D.C., to interview Hakeem Jeffries. They talked to Young Jeezy. They talked to a bunch of black men, um, including, uh, what's his name, from the Republican Party. Uh, Prince just told me his name. Steele, Michael Steele, um, uh, 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 Benjamin Crump. Uh, you know, uh, uh, let me not, this uh, Reverend Sharpton, all of them were, you know, in different parts of the split thing talking. And they were saying that black men are, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, dismissed, not appreciated on some levels, that the system is set up to incarcerate us because they look to the things that we do and make it um, illegal. Right. And so we find ourselves, you know, Benjamin Crump was talking about when the Donald Trump passed the law while he was in office uh, that allowed all these black men to become to get to get free. Right. There were 90. He said 90 percent of the men that were free, thousands of them were black men. Right. So our black men are waffling in society on some levels and they are talking about it's better to vote for Donald Trump because they know the devil that they see, that the, 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 the Democratic Party has really not been there for them as a group. Um, that no one is really talking to them and they're feeling left out. Now, Pastor Waller, hand to God, I have been having this conversation. I've had black women write me and say, how dare you? It's about us, the women and not the men. And I said, it's about the family. And if we continue to push apart the family structure and continue to allow these kinds of conversations, we will never get anywhere as a people. Right. That, and we're always that. struggling to figure it out. And so in that conversation, they said, 15% of black men consistently vote Republican, consistently. Another 10% vote uh, uh, independent, right? So that's 25% of the votes that the Democrats will never have. And yet they believe the Democratic Party has not given them the, the conversation, spoken to them in a way transparently past the water that makes them believe that they, you know, that their, 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 their issues are being dealt with. Does that make sense? That does yeah. make sense. And, you know, I, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I am a black man and everything that you everything that you said is real. We don't fit in any column. And it's sad right now, um, you know, countering the this, countering the conspiracy to destroy black boys written by Joanza Kanjufu almost 40 years ago. The reason I have a, a ministry to seven to nine year old boys mm -hmm. is because in America, when you turn seven years old, you begin as a black boy, you begin to get a message from this world that you're not important. You are not unless you can run the ball, catch the ball, kick the ball, sing the song, dance, do something. You are not inherently important. You have to perform to prove yourself because you are a commodity. You're not 
as wanted as the white people. You're not as wanted as females. Now, there is a conversation going on male, female in white world where white, black, where white male bodies are more important than white female bodies. Our sisters will begin to jump in that fight for themselves and think that that fight is about us. And that fight ain't about us uh, because the Democratic Party doesn't really want men like me. And the Republican Party doesn't want really men like me. Yeah. And even the definitions of manhood have so changed um, that. The, and I want to be real careful how I say this. So I understand them brothers that are saying, you know, it's kind of time out for the Democratic Party. Understand. And I am about to be 60 years old. I know how to fight racism because I've been doing it all my life. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that enemy different than I understand this enemy that claims to be my friend, but is really undercutting me at my knees. So I get that because what people don't get is the gentrifiers who are Democrat, who move into our neighborhoods and say they want to be down with us. They are not necessarily down with us. And so I hear that argument. Even so, the devil that I do know is more dangerous than the devil that I don't, don't know. know. I just have to take the skills that I learned fighting this devil that I do know and in principle learn how to fight this new devil that I don't know. That's why I'm sort of sticking with the Democrats. But what the answer for us as black people, I'm the, and I'm just going to say it, the reason why I stay on this radio, we came over by the blood of the lamb through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the black church and us sticking together. Mm-hmm. Our only answer is to get back to that. Our only answer is to recognize we are the least coupled people. We got to start getting back to our families. We got to start getting back to understanding that as men, we need to need our wives. Our wives going to need our husbands. Our husbands and wives going to need our families. We're going to need to we're going to need to rebuild the infrastructure of the black community as a part of our strategy of survival, along with those who have access to the systems teaching us what's going on and fighting it where we see it. For instance, DEI is on its way out in many places. And white men are taking advantage of programs that were historically built for black people in corporate America to rise. Comcast um, is now putting white men in their rise program. And that was an opportunity. You know, you get a you get a young black guy who could gain access into the um, upper echelons of, of corporate America. So the rise program was there for them mm-hmm. since this recent um, since the the, the recent Supreme Court judgment on DEI, though all of those programs in all of these corporations that were set up to help black people get access, white people are getting in it now because DEI doesn't have to be um, supported like it was since the Supreme Court. That's the danger of the elections. Mm-hmm. And so some of the black men who think, you know, because of those programs, we had access they started thinking, we don't need the Democrat. We don't need those fights anymore because our rugged individualism will ride these special programs. Well, you're voting for people and supporting people that are getting rid of the very ladders that you climbed up in order to prove 
we all know if you give us a shot, you give black men a shot, it's a fair shot. We can do anything any other white man can do. And in many cases, not all, but in many cases, do it better. And we prove that we just tend to only get the shot in sports context and in entertainment yeah. context. Yeah. Well, everything that we've proven we can do in sports and entertainment, we could also do in corporate America when given the fair shot in Frasier. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I went to the African-American Children's Books Fair, the 32nd annual on uh, Saturday. Pastor Wall, I cannot tell you how many men walked up to me and said, thank you for loving on your husband. Thank you for talking about him. Thank you for showing us what it should look like. Thank you. I mean, man after man after. I, at one point, I was just in tears. Right. Um, and I didn't realize one brother said to me, he says, I, you know, he said, we talk a lot about relationships. He said, but many of us don't have the kind of relationship that you talk about. He said, you went to bat for your husband. You talked about your husband. You made sure he was OK. You you know, our families need to come back together, Pastor Waller. And I don't know what it's going to take. Right. Because when we are coupled and coupled beautifully, there's nothing we can't do together. As a, as a black family, we make it work. We make it work. And so what is at the root of pushing us so far against each other that we're like on opposite sides of the spectrum, not talking to one another about the things that absolutely matter. And it, as long as we're fractured, we're never going to get what we need to. Well, You're only as powerful as the wife that you have standing right beside you every single day. And she takes no tea for the fever when it comes to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's exactly right. And what I think we need to hear is there's a difference between feminism and womanist thought. Feminist thought is the power struggle of white women. Womanist thought is the expression of black womanhood. Now, and I'm speaking from a theological perspective. And, and black women who buy into feminist thought are simply getting on a line to fight with white women for a power structural. It's the difference between Hillary and Michelle mm -hmm. in how they understand their equality to Bill and Barack. So Hillary has to have the office and has to prove her, her equality to him. Michelle doesn't even need it for all of us to know that she is equal to Barack, if not even uh, excels him in some areas. But it's a different understanding. And, and I'm gonna get in trouble with this, we, it's one thing for me to stand up and say, you know what? I wouldn't be where I am if it had not been for the wife that I had. Now people say, oh, he's being nice and so forth. If my wife stands up and says she wouldn't be where she is if she didn't have the husband that she had, there's a group of women yes, who are gonna say, don't say that. Yes, don't, sir. Don't, don't yes, sir. What you could do without him. And the truth is neither one of us would be where we are without each other. Without each other. Yep. We equally have to say that. Yes. I would not have the church that I have. I would not have the position that I have. I would not be the man that I have if I didn't meet Ellen Joe back there in 1984. Mm -hmm. And she, now we both have our own innate abilities and giftings, and, but it's the power of being together that produced this. Yep. It's cool for me to say it. Some people will look at her like, don't say that. Don't put yourself under a man. And that's the foolishness we've got to fight. Yes. Yes. In the Democratic Party. And, uh, the and, and that's right. 
And so, but that's what I just talked about is faith stuff and not political stuff. Yeah. And if we devalue each other and men feel devalued uh, and we just need to be honest about that. And so the lines look a little shorter over there. Mm -hmm. But those of us who've been around long enough know that those lines over there are it's not real. Now, what is true, if you go back 60 years ago, this whole black Democrat thing is recent. Hold on, Pastor Waller, because I hold on, hold on, Pastor Waller, hold on. I got to take a quick break. You hold that thought about the black Democratic thing is recent because when we began rising up and saying we're not taking this issue anymore is when all of a sudden we became so important to the Democratic Party. And we have to address that. We both going to get in trouble today. (laughs) You are listening to The Source on WURD Progressive Black Talk Media on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be back for the final segment of The Source today with the Reverend Dr. Alan E. Waller. We We both are over here. Speaking the truth and speaking it ever, cost it what you will. He who has the wrong he does, does the wrong thing still. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to the final segment of The Source today on WURD Progressive Black Talk Media on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host, Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m., Pastor Waller, when we left and went to break, you were talking about the fact that the Democrat uh, only recently the Democratic Party has been engaging black people. Say more about that, please. Well, the the reality, what we have to remember is that historically this switched the the Republican Party of 100 years ago is more the Democratic Party today because of the switch, the Dixiecrats of the Dixiecrats of the South were Democrats. And then they, they Lyndon Johnson kind of lost them with the civil rights bill. And so what was Democrat a hundred years ago is now Republican. And so what was what then became Republican. Republican right. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, in the black community, traditional values, faith, family, fellowship, all that, that resonates with us. And so then in the 50s and 60s, the Republican message resonated with Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I should say 30s, 40s. Then, of course, New Deal. Roosevelt came in and said some things that that started us to thinking about what could be offered uh, through the Democratic Party. But then when when African-Americans started gaining too much momentum through the civil rights movement, you got this moral majority who popped up in the Republican Party mm-hmm. who really were children of the Dixiecrats. Mm-hmm. And they are like, we got to stop these black people. And the Republican Party took a completely different turn with Nixon and everything else that came after that. So they went away from who we were. So we were left with this Democratic Party. You know, Martin Luther King could have gone either way in the Nixon Kennedy um, presidential yes. election, because back then that you know, we could have gone either way. Then the, the gap is just getting wider and wider since then. We don't really fit, particularly black 
African-American Christians. We don't really fit in any political category, but you got to pick one. One. Um, I, I would love to be independent in Pennsylvania, but in Pennsylvania, you cannot vote, vote in the primary. The primary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if black people could vote in the primary as independent, both of these parties would lose a lot of us mm-hmm. because truly authentically black and Christian, we don't fit. I believe as a Christian, there is an attempt to distort and destroy Jesus in this country. The distortion is coming through white evangelical Christianity. It's a distorted view of Christianity. And the destruction is coming from the far left view of the Bible and religion that comes out of the the far left of the Democratic Party that doesn't think any faith has anything to do with anything. Mm -hmm. And so we sit in the middle because we in the black church, we sound Republican, but we act Democrat. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very nuanced conversation. And that mm-hmm. is a larger discussion of the depth, death of nuance. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to have nuanced conversations yep. where as soon as I say, I believe one thing, you think, you know, me, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I say, I, I believe this, you think I fit into a whole bag. So somebody who only understands Christianity from white evangelicalism, as soon as you find out I'm Christian, you think I believe all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Um, and, and there is in the streets of Philadelphia, a cultural thing going on that we have to, we have to wrestle with because both the mosque and the church, generally speaking, are empty. And so everything you see that is out here struggling with this religious language is more cultural language than it is religious language. And we got to start talking about that because I submit to you that there are a lot of, and I'll say this, there are a lot of Muslims who are identifying culturally with the culture of Islam that seems at times to affirm our blackness more than whitewashed Christianity. And so that they... Oh, ident- you're just going all in, aren't you? Ten toes down. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that, and so I respect that, but I know that Jesus saves. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the core of my being, that my mm-hmm. salvation is in that, but that there is, that there's still much more conversations that we all have to have together because we are fighting for the soul of our city. We are 44% of this city, but there's a takeover happening. And we've got to learn how as black people to stick together, even if we differ, even if somebody's listening to me right now mm-hmm. and said, you know what, Pastor, I disagree with you. Disagree with me, mm-hmm. but don't doubt my love for black people. Come on. And I'm not going to doubt your love for black people. Yeah. And let's agree that we're going to fight for black people. We may do it from different places, mm-hmm. but we're going to fight for black people. And that's what we need right now. And running away to get in lines that are shorter for for demons that we know are fighting against us. Uh, I just had a conversation with some white evangelicals and told them, I cannot do this with you. I cannot get in the room because what they will do is invite me to a room and say, we won't discuss politics. Let's just discuss Jesus. Well, no, I can't do that. I cannot do that because it does not appear that we're serving the same Jesus because Jesus I serve cares about children in Gaza. The children that Jesus I serve cares about underfunding of public education. The Jesus I serve understands the nuanced reality that 
If you get rid of Roe v. Wade, there will be more abortions, not less. And that's the truth. And so we can play this political stuff, but more black women die without Roe v. Wade and more children die without Roe v. Wade. And that's just fact. And I've got to be concerned about our black sisters and black children. So, Pastor Waller, it's 654. I have to get off in one minute. I have a question for you. Now, this is not your usual Tuesday thing, but every Thursday we do a love is segment. And I would love for you to join us one Thursday at 6 a.m. to talk about the word submissive. <laughs> can, can you can I can we have your permission to have that conversation, please, sir, with us one Thursday? One Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to work it out with you. Okay, understood. But we do need to have the conversation. Thank you so much, sir. Always a pleasure talking to you. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 